Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be together. I remember the first time that the two churches came together during a, a hurricane season. And Pastor Rob called me, can I bring my church to your service? And we started this relationship. And we, we are part of one church. There's only one church. You know, it's one bride coming together, preparing herself to be ready for the coming of the bride. You know, so we're, we're talking about gifts, right? And how is your faith about receiving gifts this morning? How is your faith to receive and to walk in what God has for you this morning? You know, one of the last things we can do with a gift is like the parable of the, the talents. is to bury it. It doesn't matter how big or small the gift you think you have, you have to put it to work. Okay? So as I, I was getting ready for this yesterday, I felt so honored when I was invited to be here. And then I, I, I said, let me pray. See if I'm going to have a word. Right? Because I, and I think I have a word for us here this morning. But at first I want to share a story. I read this story yesterday. I thought it was the Lord putting it in, in front of me for, for this morning. So it was about this fisherman. And he was a very good fisherman. I probably have people that like fish here, right? And he was fishing nonstop. But he would only keep the fishes that were from 6 to 10 inches. The big ones he would throw up. And everybody was looking, what is this guy doing? What is this guy doing? And finally somebody went to him and asked him, why are you throwing away the big fish? And he said, well, my frying pan is only 10 inches in diameter. My ability to receive, my ability to ask, is limited by the way I think. My ability to receive from the Lord is based on what I can Retain, not on what he wants to pour out. When we pray for revival, we cannot pray for the 10 inches diameter that we can receive. When we pray for revival, we have to pray for an outpouring more than what we can contain. Amen? So I want you to keep thinking about this story. Because what really the Lord was speaking to me is my walk with God has a history of ups and downs, of successes and failures, of mistakes that I've made. And all of that makes my frying pan shrink. And I think that the Lord is asking us to expand your frying pan. Expand your ability to receive. Expand your ability to believe. Because your faith is not in you. Your faith is in Him. Gifts are like muscles. If you don't use it, 
They don't grow up. They don't develop. And it doesn't matter how small they get. Amen? Okay, so I have my notes here because otherwise I just go all over the place. <laughs> I, I started reading these verses that I'm going to read and share with you about four years ago. And I've been in love with the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is one of the letters from Paul that he wrote from prison. Imagine that Paul was in prison. He knew he was about to die, but his heart was to minister to the churches. And to each church was a different message. A lot of the messages were problems that were happening in the churches. But in Ephesians, it's interesting that he doesn't mention anybody. He doesn't mention any problem. He's mostly talking about love and the unity and the growing, the equipping of the saints, of each one of the saints walking in their gifts. It is almost a letter that was written to be sent to all the churches because it's a foundational doctrine of Christianity. Okay, so let me start with verse 2 of chapter 2. Oh, there's so much here that I could go on and on. Chapter 1, that's what I'm saying. We could read the whole book together, and we would be here until tonight. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's up to you and me to get a bigger frying pan this morning. And ask big. And ask more. And not ask limited by the way that you think about your past. You know, when I think about that, I think about the parable of the prodigal son. There's a difference between a slave mentality and a son mentality. Son and daughter mentality. The prodigal son, he went back to his father saying, Father, I'm not worthy. Because of what I've done, I'm not worthy to be called your son, but I, I want to work as a slave, as a servant. And I like to picture that, and I did that with our church. Picture that. Put yourself in that place. When you go before God and like, oh, I'm not worthy. I made a mistake. I failed. I disobeyed. I went astray. And imagine the father putting his hand in the son's mouth, saying, enough. Enough. That's not the way I see you. That's not the way I see you. Bring new clothes, new sandals, new ring, a new turban for his head. You know, the way that I see that is like a new identity, a new way of walking. Authority. The ring is authority. And the turban is a protection for our minds. 
so that we learn to think his thoughts about ourselves. Because when we have a slave mentality, we will never ask for gifts. Actually, we're going to bury our gifts because we feel ashamed or we condemn ourselves. So, you have to read this home and say, this is me. This letter was not written to a small church in Ephesus 2,000 years ago. This letter was written for the church today and for everyone. Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. How big is our frying pan? How big is our God? Right? I, I'm believing in a God that will do much more today than he did in the past. Because he, he promised that the glory of the latter house will be greater. But you know what is necessary? Every gift. Every gift. Amen. Amen. Chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Okay? By faith you have been saved through faith. And we'll read in Corinthians that even faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So if we're here and we have faith, it's because we're in some measure, walking in our gift already. Okay? Not as a result of words. Thank God. Right? It's not about what you do, it's who you are. And your identity is a son and daughter of God through Christ. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. I like that because when it is based on work, I'm going to compare myself with Israel. Oh, he's working more than I am. So he's worthy more. Does it make sense? And then we get into all of these things that were going on in all the churches. And Paul was like, stop fighting, people. <laughs> stop competing. It is all by faith, by grace. It's a free gift. For we are his workmanship. Yeah. I love that. You, you should speak that to yourself every morning. I am God's workmanship. Amen. Do you know what the word in Greek is? It's poem. You are like a piece of art. You are something unique. Each one is a poem. That God created before the foundation of the world to walk in good works today. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Wow. How big is your frying pan? <laughs> are you throwing away the big fish because you cannot 
receive it. These are like the riches of God. And God is going like, nobody wants my big fish. I keep trying to send all these gifts. And they keep sending it back to the water. Who is going to receive it? Okay. So these are the verses that I I going to concentrate and then we jump to Corinthians. But first, uh, Ephesians 4. I'm trying to not read the whole book. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Nobody that has been saved, has received the Holy Spirit, can say, say I have nothing. Amen? Amen. The world is hungry. And then when Jesus went to that multitude and he said they are hungry. And he asked the disciples, let's feed them. And the disciples had nothing. But this little boy had a little lunch bag. That he mo his mom probably prepared him. Hey, you're going to go follow Jesus today? Here, take some, this snack. And that was the only thing that they could find in the whole crowd. And God, Jesus was able to multiply that and feed the whole multitude. So it doesn't matter how little you think about, about what you have. Bring it to the Lord. Let him deal with it. Let him multiply it. Amen? So, I'm going to read this again. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Yes, amen. So, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. I think I'm hoping to be here today as a teacher. And I want to get you to fall in love with this book. <laughs> and go home and study it. And then go home and do homework. And then let the, the, the word, the faith grow because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Okay? So, for, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. I need to stop here for a minute. Like I said, I've been studying these verses, this book, for three years. The equipping of the saints, the word in the Greek, is also used as mending. When the disciples were mending the nets, the same Greek word for equipping. And then also, I learned that it's also used as setting a bone in place. So we have to come together to be mended, to be put back together, to be healed, and then to be 
learning to walk in our gifts. Okay? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. In the beginning of the, the, this chapter, it says, verse 3, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You start in the unity of the spirit. We are one by the spirit until we reach the unity of the faith, until we learn to think similarly, and we learn to believe everything. But you have to hold on through the bond of peace. Let's keep the peace, the love, until we grow, until we mature. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. This is what God wants for you. You see our fright then growing a little bit? <laughs> Lord, give me the big fish. We receive it. As a result, verse 14, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's what I'm, we're looking for. I don't want to be moved by everything that I hear, what I see, the different doctrines and people coming up with some weird teachings. I want to be rooted in the love of God, in the scriptures, in the word. Right? Uh, going back to verse 13, because that, that's important for me. Because Paul is saying this, writing to the church, but he's not saying, I got this. In Philippians, I think he says, not that I have attained it already, but I'm, I'm leaving everything behind. I'm going to pursue until I get this. Right? And then verse 13, he says, until we all attain. So he was, as the apostle, including himself, like, we all need to attain this together. Okay? How do we do that? But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth for the body of the body of, for the building up of itself in love. Amen. Are you guys getting this? This is blessing you. I hope it is blessing you. Because to me, this is where the body, you know, we, we, we sang this song about the bones, right? Let the, the, the dry bones become an army. You know, and let every gift be put to use. You know, if, if you cannot have, a, if, if you have a, an organ of your body that's not working, the whole body suffers. Right? You have to have every cell in the right place. You don't want a finger in the head, an ear in your foot, 
You have to be in the right place. And functioning. And every, like I convinced you already, right? That everyone that was here have a gift. Amen. So now, uh, First Corinthians 13, verse 12. I, you, you always have to read First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 to get the whole picture. Okay? Later. <laughs> Not now. Because I'm getting hungry already. But it is interesting. Let's go chapter 12, verse 7. But to each one, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to each one of us here, you know, God is not like all. You got a little late, so you're not going to get it. Or you mess up a little bit here, and then I'm going to take it away from you. Romans 11 says that the gifts of God are irrevocable. Amen? So it doesn't matter what happens. This is how I believe. God has a plan for each one of us. It's up to me to expand my faith and appropriate it and walk in it. Verse, uh, chapter 12, 31. But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I will show you a, still a more excellent way. So earnestly desire the bigger fish. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Earnestly desire. That's like, you cannot be without it. It's not just a desire that comes and goes. It's an earnest desire that until you get it, you're not going to rest. It's almost like, like Jacob fighting with that angel. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I think that that's the kind of hunger that God is waiting for. You know, somebody's going to have to grab a hold of me and not let me go until I bless them. Until I, I, I impart... I convey something new and fresh. Okay. So, 13, 13. No. 13, 1. See, I, I have to track what Paul is trying to say here. Okay. He said, if I speak with the tongues of man and angels, but not do not have love, I become like a noisy gong and a clinging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and all the knowledge and all the faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. Right? So we do not want to just be walking in the gift, having knowledge and wisdom and, and speaking and prophesying. We want to be in love, in relationships, in oneness. And then, because it says, uh, Verse 9, verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. That's okay. 
that we only know in part. But we're pursuing the whole thing. For now we see, verse 13, 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. One day, you're going to know yourself like God knows you. You know, and he's going to go like, finally, I get my gift back. Finally, I found my, my treasure hidden in the field. I think when I read a parable, see, that's why I need to follow my nose. Otherwise, I, I go... You know, when I read the parable, the treasure hidden in the field, I think it's about you. God found a treasure in you. And he paid the price to redeem that treasure. That's how he sees you, not the way, that's the way he sees me. And a lot of times I have to repent of putting myself down. Okay. But now faith, hope, love, abide, this three. But the greatest of this is love. Pursue love, 14.1. Yet desire earnestly, again. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to man for edification and exhortation and consolation. This is connected to, for me, with Ephesians 4, about the equipping of the saints. Because the edification is to increase the potential of someone or something. With focus upon the process involved to strengthen, to make more able, to build up. A lot of times, you may have a tool and not know how to use it. A lot of us have a phone that we never read the manual and we do not know exactly everything that that phone can do. Right? And a lot of times we have a a smartphone or a gift from God that we only use to make calls. And you say, no, I'm here. We're here to help prophesy, speaking to one another for edification, for exhortation. What is it? To cause someone to be encouraged or consoled. Either by verbal or non-verbal means to encourage, to console, encouragement. We are here to say, hey, don't give up. Keep going. Keep believing. You know, keep using and exercising your gifts. Amen? Amen? Consolation. 
that which causes or constitutes the basis for consolation and encouragement. Consolation and encouragement. Equipping to make someone completely adequate or sufficient for something. To make adequate, to furnish completely, to cause to be fully qualified. Isn't that awesome? I think that that's what God is looking for. And I, I feel like I feel like that passage with Elijah after that drought you know and he would send his servant like go check any, any signs of rain and for several times the, the servant would come like no rain it's like Maui right now right <laughs> no rain but then at one point he said, hey, I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand. It's nothing. It's a small thing. And then Elijah said, let's run. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And I feel like the Lord is speaking. We heard that last week here. That God is ready to do something big and new in the church. But it takes every gift. It takes each one of us being equipped, being mended, being healed, being, you know, the year of Jubilee, receive everything back. Expand your, your tent bags, enlarge your ability, build bigger barns. Build bigger cisterns. <laughs> you know, oil vats will overflow. Joe chapter 2. Right? And, but you have to expand. You know, one way to expand your ability to receive? Get rid of junk. Get rid of those things that do not that only take space, but do not bless you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, we all must earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Not by merit, not by, by works. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And to conclude here, I'm going to tell you an example that I always, I was talking to a friend this week about this. You know, in, in Rio de Janeiro, where I'm from, in Brazil, there's this beautiful theater that was built, I don't know, 200 years ago, right? And they have this national orchestra. And I was blessed to be able to go a few times there. And there is nothing like watching orchestra live. Because you have, I don't know, maybe over a hundred instruments. And they are not all playing at the same time. But they all have to be focused on the maestro. And they all have to be following what everybody else is doing. 
They cannot just get distracted, get on their phone, you know, while they're not playing. You know, because some people, you know, those big drums, he doesn't all the time. He has very specific time that he boom. But he cannot miss his timing. And so what I'm saying here is it doesn't matter what you how big your part is. You have to be in sync with everybody else. You have to be looking to the head to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and be ready to jump in when it's the time for you to play your instrument, use your gift. Another example is like football. Right? It doesn't matter if you play the whole game. It doesn't even matter if, if you're going to play in that game. You have to be ready. You have to be prepared. You have to have your skills ready to go. If the coach calls you, you're ready. You're warmed up. You, you're all ready. Right? And that's what I think that we're feeling the Lord is leading us, all of us. We all have to be ready. We all have to be equipped. We all have to be learning how to use the tools that God gave us. Because everyone is important. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. It's so good to be here with you this morning. Amen.